Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis' The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. You have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. You have a right to an attorney prior to or during any question. If you can't afford one, the court will appoint one for you. Do you understand your rights? And the wolf is at your door. You're running so This episode of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast may contain descriptions of acts of violence or that of a sexual nature and should be for people that are 18 years or older. Heed my warning, people. I do not get the facts of these cases off of the Internet or for some television show. The facts I'm retelling you were presented to me by the victims of the crimes or the perpetrators who committed the crimes against the victims. My descriptions of the crime scenes, what I saw with my own two eyes. If you're going to get offended, please turn this podcast off now. Thank you.
Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. And as always, I'm your host, Woody Overton. And today we're going to be continuing the series, Mo. When I left you last, I told you that Brian Paul Smith and I had made warrants for the arrest of Majori Chefney, otherwise known as Mo, for the first-degree murder of Sean Alberts and uh, attempted first-degree murder of Christopher Belazar and the double-armed robbery. But, y'all, it's a fluid situation. This investigation is long. It's, I got so much to share with you, so just bear with me. But so as everything things going on, Brian Paul and I had getting the warrants made, et cetera. The uh, sheriff's office put out a press release. They didn't name that we had Mo as a suspect yet. This was put out right before we had the warrants made. And I'm going to read it to you. The title that says one person dead, one wounded in a shooting near Albany. Livingston Parish Sheriff's officials are currently investigating a shooting which left one person dead and another wounded. Officials received a call at 4 a.m. this date on 5-13-2005 relative to two persons being shot on Ed Brown Road east of Albany, Louisiana. Upon arrival, deputies found the body of a male subject lying in a vacant lot west of the address of 30977 Ed Brown Road. The other subject was at the residence listed above. It was determined that both subjects had been shot. Shun Alberts, black male, 22, of 10041 Brown Road, Tickfall, Louisiana, had been shot once in the upper chest and was pronounced dead at the scene by Livingston Parish coroner officials. Christopher Belazar, black male, 24, address unknown, had been shot once in the left leg. Belazar was taken by ambulance to North Oaks Hospital in Hammond, Louisiana, for his injuries and was treated and later released. Officials have learned that both Alberts and Belazar were in the vacant lot earlier described when they were approached by two other black males who came up on foot. An argument started between the subjects, and at this point, Alberts and Belazar were shot. At present, detectives are following up on all available leads and request that anyone having any information on this incident notify the Livingston Parish Sheriff's Office at one 800 443-7681 or 225-686-2241. Okay, y'all, so that was released to the media and it would run on the news channels and uh, come out in the newspapers back then, right? And the internet wasn't as prevalent as it is now. It didn't have all the social media, et cetera. So what do we do? The First of all, the... Um, Autopsy had to be done. And so we go to the autopsy. And again, remember, I told you autopsies are probably the most invasive thing that you could ever have done to you. And I don't want done, one done to me, even if I've been murdered. And they're just, it's just a bad process. Um, you know, and dead bodies don't bother me. The smells don't bother me. None of that bothers me, but I hate it. I didn't hate them, but I didn't like autopsies because, you know, they bring you in. You, you 
verify the tag on the bag. Then they open it up and then uh, take the body out of the bag and shake the bag out to see if any evidence that had fallen off the body. Now, Sean Albert's hands had been uh, bagged at the scene. And that was one of the things that were done that I didn't tell you about, as we did on any homicide victim, just in case there was a chance of he had got a chance to scratch the person or whatever. So then they would take the, they took the bags off his hands and scraped under his nails. And then they get my least favorite thing, which was that, that, um, I call it a bone saw. It's, it has, it's like a little drill, the size of a drill, but the head of it is a round disc and it's a vibrating saw. When, when you touch that blade, to whatever it is, then it cuts, right? But it goes, and then they would put it on the scalp and wring the scalp out. And um, when I say wring it out, I mean they literally do a, a circular cut around your whole skull. Uh, and they peel your face off first. They take the, it's like skinning a deer. They, they skin the, make the incision in the back of the head and, and pull the skin up over the face all the way down below your chin. So you're looking at a skull. Uh, um, and then they take that saw and they make that circular cut. Well, when it's making that cut, it always put that bone dust in the air. I mean, it just, you couldn't avoid it. Right. The, and that little bit of burnt smell of burnt human bone, um, I never really cared for that. But once they make that circular cut, then they put that little chisel into the cut and take the hammer and tap, 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 tap until they, it, they force down, they break the suction, and it actually makes a popping sound. It's it, it, just like that, right? And so, <clears throat> but the autopsies are a procedure. They start at the head and they work their way down. On Shun Alberts, the... uh he had a huge hole in his back, which was the exit wound. So he had been shot in the front, and it came out. I think it was his left shoulder, and I have the photographs, y'all, and I think I'll put them up for uh, convicts and Patreon. But the not all of them, but, uh, um, but I want you to be able to see the size of this exit wound that came out of his back and the it's huge it, from that piece of shit tech nine that I told you about. So that's, you know, that wounds measured and everything. They track the, the path of the bullet and, um, and then they do the rest of the autopsy where they split you open all the way down to your, to your crotch and they take out all your organs and weigh them and, and stuff like that. Just typical autopsies, but it, definitely the cause of death was the gunshot wound that he sustained, uh, and basically blew a, a hole in his, in his it, the exit wound. It, it, it's it's not a perfect round hole. It's like a jagged, almost triangular shape from where the force of the bullet came out and ripped all the meat out and, and killed Sean. So, but that was the cause of death. And we got done with that. Well, guess what happens? I told you the streets talk, right? Brian Paul got a call from the radio room said that somebody uh, wanted to talk to him anonymous. And so they put it through um, and the person told him he needed to 
look at a guy named Jarrell Marshall and that he was involved in in the the robbery and the shootings of Sean Albert and Christopher Belazar. So we went and got a photo lineup made of Jarrell Marshall, pulled it up, had Tina Stafford Pearson now that um, make the six pack. The uh, Belazar had been released from the hospital by this time and, and Brian Paul and I had to split up and diversify, right? I was going to Belazar's house to show him the photo lineup with Belazar in it. But before I left, uh, Rodney Dillon's mama, remember, I couldn't remember her name last episode. I looked it up. It's Cynthia Dillon, and she's such a sweet lady. Brian Paul called Cynthia Dillon, all right, and asked her about Jarrell Marshall. He said, hey, Miss Cynthia, you know a guy named Jarrell Marshall? She said, yes, definitely. She said, she, and she had actually seen Jarrell Marshall with Mo or Majority Chefney on Dillon Lane in the past by her house. Okay. So that was another supporting factor in, in us getting the, the photo lineup of him. Uh, also, she said that the Mo had another cousin in from um, New Orleans named Desmond Bazil, uh, a black male born in 1987, and that he, she had seen Jarrell Marshall and Desmond Bazil and Mo on Dylan Lane. So we got a photo lineup of Desmond Bazil also. I go to Independence. Brian Paul is working on the other stuff. Independence is where Belazar lived. And that's Independence, y'all, is about 10 miles north of Hammond. And he lived out in the country in a house. And I get there. And his girlfriend was there again, and he's he's pissed now, right? I mean, he's he's on crutches, his, his legs wrapped. I told you it was a through and through on the bullet wound. Uh, so, but I, you know, I told him. He said, he said, I'm gonna handle this shit myself, and I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna find out. Da da da. And I, again, I told him, I said, Christopher, you gotta let us do a job, bro. You know, this is not you. You're gonna go to prison behind this and he said they kill Sean for no fucking reason. I said, I get that, man, but you know, just let us do our job. I said, I got two more photo lineups I want to show you. And again, I don't want you to guess at anything. I don't want you to speculate. Either you know the people in the photo lineups and they were there that night or they weren't. I said, no, we already identified you already identified Majority Chefney. I'm looking who was the second guy that you said had the cornrows and was a lighter-skinned black male that was carrying the um, semi-automatic pistol. So I take out the photo lineups, and we're sitting in this living room, and, and I showed him the first one, and it, it was the photo lineup of Desmond Bazile. And he looked at it. And he looked at it, he said, no. He said, I think I know one of the guys in the, in this photo. He said, but he wasn't there. And I said, well, which one do you know? And he said, this one. And, and he pointed out to Desmond Brazil. He said, I seen him. I seen him with uh, City, you know, which is another name they had from, he was calling Mo from City or, or New Orleans. Um, 
He said, I, I, I know that I've seen this dude. I've seen him with him. He said, but he wasn't there. So then I showed him the lineup, the six pack, if you will, with Jarrell Marshall in it. And guess what? He immediately picks out Jarrell Marshall and listens to me. Everybody, this, these photos, again, you'll never understand it unless you see one. And actually, I'm going to put these photo lineups up for convicts and Patreon. The, you, you'll get to see what I'm talking about. The photo lineups are computer generated and they are so close. If you didn't know and if you weren't sure, then damn it, you wouldn't say it, right? So the, he picks them out and, and he circled who it was. And then on the back of it, he wrote, this is the other guy that was there that w- when we were robbed and shun hours was killed and I was shot. So what did we do? The, I go back to the office and I have the warrants made up for Jarrell Marshall for first degree murder of Sean Alberts, the attempted first degree murder of Christopher Belazar and the double arm robbery. All right. And why would you say that? Because remember, Belazar says that it was Mo that did the shooting. Well, guess what? Doesn't matter. If you and I go to rob a bank and, and let's just say we go to rob a bank and I sit in the car and I'm the getaway driver and you go in the bank and you rob it and you shoot someone or even even if you don't shoot someone, you rob the bank. I'm just as guilty I because I was there and I had an active part in it. OK, doesn't matter if I pull the trigger or if I put the gun in somebody's face or whatever. You, and under Louisiana law, fuck you, you're guilty. Y'all know I love that sound, and it makes me smile. It's the sound of another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big business, so upstarts, startups, established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online, and in-person sales, and effortlessly stay in form. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility. Believe me, Real Life Real Crime started out selling t-shirts, and today we're selling all the way up to car boxes with everything you need from license plate holders to air fresheners, right? But we're not stopping there because success is a million milestones on a forever evolving path. I love how Shopify has the tools and resources that make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to around the globe. And y'all, we use the Shopify, integrates everything from TikTok to Pinterest to Facebook, Instagram, and more. And you synchronize your online and in-person sales. It really helps the business. It frees you up, helps you with the books, all the stuff that you don't have time to, to handle when it comes to the sales part of the business. Shopify takes it off my plate. It makes it easy. If you have a small business, you've got to use it. You'll gain insights as you grow with detailed reporting of your conversion rates, profit margins, and beyond. More than a store, Shopify grows with you. This is possibility powered by Shopify. Go to shopify.com slash R-L-R-C, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. 
and go to shopify.com slash R-L-R-C. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. My allergies are throwing my whole morning off. Do I sound different to you? I love that. You sound like, <laughs> it's that time of year there, bro. I sound different to me. I feel like I'm in a submarine. Yeah, well, have you tried Astapro? It's faster, bro. Oh. Right? Astapro is the first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It is the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Hey, I use this. And you should too, Jim. Last weekend, I planted my garden, and it's that time of the year, and my allergies really kicked up with it, right? I use Astapro every time my nasal allergies flare up, and I'm always amazed at how fast I'm back in the game, down on those rows, playing my stuff. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to AstaproAllergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O Allergy.com. It's faster, bro. Uses directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Astapro and go. Looking for a new and healthier way to unwind? I was too, and then I tried Recess Mood. Recess Mood replaced that after-dinner alcoholic beverage for me, so I saw a difference in both my mood and my belly. It's made with real fruit, it is only 20 calories, and it contains no added sugar. Recess Mood is infused with functional ingredients like mood-lifting magnesium and stress-balancing adaptogens, so you can relax without the alcohol or the hangovers. Recess Mood tastes great, too, and comes in four different flavors. My favorite flavor is the Strawberry Rose. So whether you need a moment away from the errands, work, and kids, or you just need a moment to chill during dinnertime chaos, Recess Mood is where it's at whenever you need to relax and unwind. You deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to takearecess.com slash R-L-R-C and get 15% off Recess Mood, your go-to alcohol replacement. Right now. Shopify.com slash R-L-R-C and grow your business with their help, people. Shopify is it. According to Belazar, Jarrell Marshall was the other one that held a pistol on them when they robbed them and made them turn their pants pockets out in According to Belazar, he only got $300 cash, but Sean Alberts had no money, and they shot him for no reason. So get the warrants made and get them entered to the NCIC computer. Then uh, Brian Paul comes in. He's like, Brian, he said, Cynthia Dillon just called me again and said that Mo called her uh, on her cell phone from a number that was 985-215-6111 and advised her that he was in Rodney Dillon's, her son's, suburban, and that the police were after him. And Cynthia Dillon stated that Mo told her that he was calling from Jarrell's phone. And the phone number 
we looked it up right uh, immediately. The nine eight five two one five six one one one. It it came back to Jarrell Marshall, our second suspect now. So we get the information on Ronnie Dillon's suburban that Mo said he was riding around in. Now Mo also said uh, that the cops were after him, and and we put this bolo out on the vehicle. And guess what? It's it for whatever reason the the we put it out to, in Hammond area mostly, but but Livingston Parish and Tanchpo Parish and Hammond City, and there I think it was three different occasions a uniformed patrol officer from that area saw the it was a big maroon I think it was a maroon suburban one of the older models, and they saw it three different times and every time they tried to turn around on it or whatever, the suburban got away. They, uh, they outran them for whatever reason, traffic blocked in the cops or whatever, but they, you know, they tried to catch up to them and they lost them. So, um, what do we do? Right? Well, the one thing I had was the, the phone number that came back to Jarrell Marshall and I'm sitting there at the desk and I'm talking to Brian Paul. I said, you know what? Fuck it. He called Cynthia mm-hmm. Dillon on it. Let's just call him. I'm going to check his check his water for him, right? And check his fuel, see how he's rolling, see what his temperature is. And I didn't think the dude would answer the phone. And I blocked out the number, star 67, and I called it that 985-215-6111. I called it. The, the guy picked up and he said, Yo, this is Mo. I was like, fucking stupid motherfucker. I said, I said, hey, Mo, my name's Detective Woody Overton with Livingston Parish Sheriff's Office. And then click, he hung up immediately. So I tried to call him back again. And, of course, it, he sent it straight to voicemail. And I kept calling, kept calling. I was just trying to harass him, fuck with him. The, you, you know, let him know that, hey, bitch, we're coming for you. On 5.13, the, the same day, y'all, remember I told you we hadn't slept, we were rolling, and um, everything's going on. This is 3 o'clock in the afternoon. The Rodney Dillon's 1992 Suburban was located at the uh, First United Methodist Church in on Denise Drive in Hammond, Louisiana, by the Hammond Police Department. And... When they got to the the vehicle uh, um, and they saw it and they secured it and then they went into the church and talked to the people, they the the pastor came out and guess what? Their the pastor's vehicle was gone and it was a silver Dodge Caravan and and it was it was stolen. Okay, and so the pastor makes a report with HPD Hammond PD. And we put a bolo out on that vehicle, believing that uh, Mo and and Rodney had ditched the Suburban because they knew they had been in three different pursuits and got away. Um, This Denise Drive, this church is a little bit off on a side street, like crime of opportunity, pulled in and stole the other vehicle. The Suburban was towed by Morgan's Record Service and 
to the Louisiana State Police Crime Lab for processing. Now, I've told you in other stories, if you listen to Scorch Justice and stuff like that, with how people fuck up these vehicle transports when they're processed for evidence. The I can tell you what happened in this case. When we had a unit follow the tow truck all the way from the church to Baton Rouge to uh, state police headquarters where the crime lab is until it was brought into one of the bays in the crime lab and turned over to the technician, therefore establishing the chain of custody, which is always so important in these cases. Now, remember the Belazar had said it, it, he thought it was a dark colored SUV. So we're thinking this suburban that Moe's been riding around in is, is the vehicle that, uh, they were in the night Sean Alvarez was killed and Belazar was shot. The vehicle is being processed. Now I'm going to read you what happened. Okay. Detective Ben Bourgeois, who's now over the detectives with the Livingston Parish Sheriff's Office, actually um, was the one who responded because we were busy doing other stuff. He responded and you know, made sure the vehicle was secure, established a chain of custody, and, and brought it in. All right, so y'all, the I can't find the report, but I know what was found. Ben stayed while they processed the vehicle, and they found a pair of tennis shoes underneath the rear seat of the, the Suburban, and um, it appeared that the tennis shoes had blood on them, all right? And they actually tested it, and it came back positive for blood. It was definitely human blood on the shoes and then those shoes were uh, sent to the, the a different part of the crime lab to be processed to get DNA off of them etc where they were they were thinking that the shoes had the blood uh, of the victim's blood on it either Sean Alvarez or Christopher Belazar alright so on 5-13-2005 at 11-15 p.m. Now, this is, you know, we're rolling. It's still the same day, y'all. It's 11 o'clock at night. The uh, Detective Murphy Martin. Now, Detective Murphy Martin was one of the coolest dudes ever, and he was one of my first partners in uh, detectives. Murphy was cool as hell. He was old school. He knew everybody. Now, you think we knew the, everybody, especially down in the hood or whatever. Murphy had been doing this for like 30 years. And he told like this, hey, boy, hey, boy. And it, Murphy was as country as country guy, but he was one of the best damn police officers or detectives that I ever knew. And he always liked me, you know, and he would pick on me like, hey, boy, boy, you know, you, you, know, you won't get in trouble, boy. And, but Murphy knew everybody. And I guess he had the reputation that I would get later on. Or as I was the wolf, that Murphy in his younger years, he was like that. But he had worked so many homicides over the years. And unfortunately, most of your homicides happen in these areas, in these, in these drug areas and stuff like that. And, but Murphy knew 
all the players and, and, and the gang, et cetera. And they trusted him and, and because he had never screwed anybody over, right? But if he Murphy Martin came for you, damn it, you knew you had done wrong. And you didn't want to fight him. And he was a tough son of a bitch. And, and uh, he's deceased now, but I learned a lot from Murphy Martin. And he just was absolutely one of the finest law enforcement officers I ever knew, okay? But the uh, but all the people from that area, all the blacks from that area, trusted him. And on the same day, now almost, uh, it's you know the shooting happened around three fifty on on that day, and then this is what almost twenty hours later, uh, Murphy's at home at eleven o'clock at night, and he gets. An, uh, a knock on the door. Now, it's not the first time over the years that that people knocked on Murphy's door in the middle of the night when they needed help. But the he answers the door, and now you yeah, remember we put the warrants out for Jarrell Marshall also and Mo, and he he answers the door, uh, um, and a, a guy from the neighborhood, Jamie Bridges, told. Murphy that Jarrell Marshall was in his truck and that, that, that he knew Jarrell was wanted for the homicide of Sean Alvarez. And Murphy told me, I'm just going to read you Murphy's report. It says on May 13th, 2005 at approximately 11, 10 PM, Jamie Bridges came to my house and told me that he had Jarrell Marshall in his truck and, and that he was wanted for the homicide. I told him, let me get dressed. And he said, I went out there and placed Mr. Marshall under arrest and advised him of his Miranda rights at 11.15 p.m. And then transported him to the LPSO jail where I advised him of his rights on the right form. He told me he couldn't afford a lawyer, and I told him he would be appointed a lawyer. I then asked him if he wanted to tell his side to sign his name or if he wanted a lawyer to sign refuse on the document. He said he wanted to tell his side. I told him to sign his name and detective Brian Smith and detective Woody Overton arrived and they were detectives handling the case. I turned over the investigation to them. All right. So now we've been rolling, right? We've been rolling nonstop going on and on and you know we catch a break Jarrell Marshall knows he couldn't outrun that warrant right I mean you know people could outrun you on foot if you knew who they were or whatever the they but they know especially off the cafe line road Ed Brown down in the hood they knew if the men in blue were coming for them you had a warrant for them it was just a matter of time so somebody was going to give them up we were going to shake the trees when we had time. We'd go down there and shake the trees and talk to our informants, et cetera. And we were going to get, find out where he was and get him under arrest. What he didn't want to happen, and it has, has happened, unfortunately, in the past, was uh, we had a case where a guy was wanted for murder and he was hiding from us and he was armed. And this motherfucker said he wasn't going to jail, right? And didn't end well for him. Let's just put it that way. By the time we called up with him, what was done needed to be done. 
and he never had to go to court. We'll leave it at that. But the the it didn't have to be that way. And I know Jarrell Marshall didn't want to get killed, right? So, but he is a remember suspect in uh, been identified by the living victim, Christopher Belazar, as being there when Sean Albert was murdered and Belazar was shot. And damn it, Belazar been dead too if that Tech Nine hadn't jammed. So. We get to the jail and, again, read over his rights form. Brian did. Y'all, it's a standard form to live some pair of sheriff's offices. At, at the top, it has your Miranda rights, and it has it written out line by line. And you read it, you have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you, blah, 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 blah. Uh, you know what, what they are. But it had them written out line by line. Now, you would read this to the suspect, especially in a murder case like this. You read it to them, and then you have them initial. I would have them initial each line, initial that they that they understood it right. Uh, and at the end of that, it has a spot for you to say, "Yeah, yeah, I understand my rights," um, as they were read to me, right? And and I I don't want to look. <clears throat> I understand my rights, and I have them sign it and date it and. I witnessed it and Brian Paul witnessed it. On the bottom of that, it has a consent to questioning part, which says, basically, I'm going to summarize it for you, that um, I understand what my rights are. I do not want a lawyer at this time. No threats or promises have been made to me. No coercion, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Basically saying, um, I want to answer questions and I understand I have a right to have a lawyer and I don't have to say shit, right? And if they want to answer questions, they want to be basically interrogated, then uh, they would sign that form, right? And then I've witnessed it. Brian Paul witnessed it. If you didn't want it and you'll hear about this as this case goes on, if you didn't want to do it, you can say, fuck you and just write refuse, which a lot of people did do. So the... We have him there, and now Jarrell Marshall, a young black man, and he did have the cornrows in his hair, and he was of the lighter skin. And and uh, I think at that time it was in the old jail, and when Brian Paul and I got there, uh, Murphy Martin had him in the nurse's office. There was no interview room, y'all. You had a booking room, and it was being used at eleven o'clock or, or midnight. Some somebody was booking somebody in. So Murphy had him in the nurse's office and we went in and did the form. And guess what? The nurse's office is not a place you want to conduct an interrogation or an interview now, but he did consent to questions. So what we did was uh, he was under arrest for, for the, the charges. We told him to say, Hey, Jarrell, we're going to take you up to the detective's office so we can be more comfortable. And, so we handcuffed and shackled him, put him in, in the uh, back of one of our units, uh, unmarked unit, and took him to the detective's office at the old courthouse. And we get up there, and again, it was a, I mean, we wanted a tape statement from him, right? But the uh, we just started. And again, Jarrell Marshall is somebody that we knew, that, that man, we had, We'd known him from the streets and uh, 
had arrested him for for dope. We knew his uncles. We knew we knew his people. We knew his aunt. I mean, the we knew him right, and he knew we weren't about any bullshit. But the I'll kind of summarize it for you, and then I'm gonna stop it because it, it it's a long lengthy interview and I actually have the transcripts and I'm going to read them to y'all. I don't think that's something I've got to do before and you'll get to hear some of our investigative techniques, uh, but you'll get to hear the actual transcripts from the interview and what he said. And it's a humdinger uh, uh, and and it's very, very important to the story, but I'm going to tell you this. We started talking to him and to summarize before I start on the next episode with the transcript. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis' The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Some, the what his official statement was when we got done, we let him talk. And he said, I'm going to sum it up for you, okay? And the, this is like five hours of interrogation that went on before we took the actual tape statement. And no, no we weren't beating him or anything like that. I'm talking to him just like I'm talking to you. And and Brian Paul's we sit him down. Uh, Brian Paul's says, "Hey man, you you know you, you're under arrest for the, the murder of Sean Alberts and Chris Bell's right and Jarrell, soft spoken, polite, and, and he's like, no man, no no. Uh uh-uh. uh. He he said, Brian, you got me wrong, man. You got me bad. And I was like, dude, you were picked out of the photo lineup. I showed it to the surviving." Uh, witness and the one he, he caught one to the leg, but he lived, as you obviously know. And he, I mean, you're done. 
you know, stick a fork in you, you're done. And he was like, no, no, no. I said, well, then you, you tell us what happened. He said, ain't nothing happened. He said, uh, he said that I wasn't there. I said, are you going to tell me you honestly, God weren't there? He said, I wasn't there, man. I'm telling you, I wasn't there. And he starts crying and all this shit. And this goes on for a period of hours. He's not, not only did he say he was not there, he said he didn't know who the fuck Mo was or City or um, the guy from across the lake. Well, I showed him the picture at the, at, during the interrogation. Showed him the picture of Mo at, at, at some point. Now, again, I'm paraphrasing this because it was like five hours long that we interviewed him and tried to not didn't really try to sweat him. I mean, we didn't get ugly with him or anything like that, but we just kept hounding him with the facts, trying to get him to change his story. But his story was... Fuck you. He didn't say fuck you, but it, it, I guarantee you in his mind, he was thinking, fuck you. I ain't admitting the shit. But his story was, fuck you. Not only was I not there, I don't know who Mo is. I've never seen him before in my life. I've never talked to him before in my life. I wasn't nowhere around where this happened. I think he said it was at his uncle's house or whatever. I'll read it to you in this transcript next week. But. And this, y'all, this is one of six interview transcripts that I'm going to read to you that Brian Paul and I conducted these interrogations on different people. That's why I'm going to put it off to next week. But he said unequivocally he was not there. And, and then we hammered him, boom, boom, hammered him, uh, you know, questioned and I used the old tactics of showing him the, the crime scene photos. We had him printed up, right? Sean Albert's dead back in the Jesus arms raised above his head position. Showed him the the pictures from the autopsy. Yeah, shock value, right? And trying to get him to break down, trying to get him to say that he wasn't the shooter, but he saw Mo do the shooting. That's basically we knew he did shoot, and but fuck him, he's just as guilty. And and uh. And he's looking at the very least he's looking at life with no parole. And it could be a death penalty case because it was an armed robbery. It's first degree murder. And y'all in Louisiana, life means life. If you get life, you're fucking done. Stick a fork in you. There's no probation, no parole. It's not like other states where after 20 something years, you're you're up for parole. Jerome Marshall's not stupid. He knows this. I mean, it's not his first radio. He's no virgin in the crime world. But what sticks in my mind is the fact that this kid, and I say kid because I mean, he was probably 15 years younger than me at the time, this kid was adamant. He was not there. He didn't know Mo. He didn't know shit. He was at his uncle's or wherever, and I'll read that to you next week. The, um, he just stuck to it. Now, during these long interrogations like this, and I always say a good homicide in, interrogation doesn't even really begin until after four hours or five hours because you this person has no incentive to come in and say, yep, I did it, right? He has no incentive to come in and say, yeah, I was there. We went to arm rob him. And the other dude did the shooting. We gave him every out. You know, look, hey, you didn't know. Maybe you uh, didn't know what was going to happen. And 
he robbed him and he just started shooting. Uh -uh, No, no, uh -uh, I wasn't there. Well, motherfucker, yeah, you were. All right. And I even told him, uh, you locked him into a statement that he didn't know who Mo was and never seen him, never been with him. Well, fuck. Rodney Dillon's mama, Miss Cynthia, who's a great witness, right? She, she's just a great human being and a great citizen. And she's putting these people that she knows, whether she realized or not, or it's time, she's going to put them in prison for the rest of her life. That, um, and yeah, I told him at one point, I said, you know, I got a little hot with him. And then I said, hey, motherfucker, you are fucked. And you want to stick with that story? You are fucked. And you, you know, I know that you know Mo. Miss Cynthia Dillon says she's seen y'all on Dillon Lane. Uh, you and him and, and uh, his other cousin, whatever his name is, I can't remember now, that I showed the lineup to uh Christopher and he was like, no, I, I've seen that dude uh, with Mo, but he wasn't there that night. I said, you know, we got different witnesses that put you there, and and plus a fucking eyewitness that that you were there with a pistol when the shooting started, and you were there when the armed robbery occurred. No, no, no. So he stuck to it, and again, you you're gonna you're gonna love to hear the transcript next week. So what we do is we do try to get them to. First of all, you lock them, you listen to whatever it is they want to say, right? Then you lock them into that statement, and then you start to pick it apart. We knew he was lying, and it went on and on, and we hit him tried all the different techniques, from the scare techniques to the showing the pictures to whatever. Now, there are times during this hours and hours and hours of interview, and now Brian Paul and I have been way over 24 hours, no sleep that Brian Paul and I would go out into the hallway and get him some water, get uh, Jarrell some water or whatever. And we'd, we'd talk. And, and it, at the end we were outside talking before we took the take statement. And I asked Brian, I said, what are you thinking? Brian's like, man, I'm thinking he didn't do it. And I'm like, he said, what do you think? I said, fuck him. He did it. And, and, and but I knew that Brian knew this kid, um, much more so than me, right? Remember, he was raised in Albany with the different family members and, I mean, whatever. But he he told me, I mean, it's my partner. He said, I I don't think he did it. I mean, maybe Miss Cynthia got it wrong. Um, Maybe it wasn't him. Whatever. I said, said, Brian, the fucking victim picked him out of the photo lineup. He's like, well, maybe he's got an ax to grind with him. I said, well, maybe so. But we'll find out. We'll keep doing what we do. We'll go in and take the tape statement, and then we'll proceed, right? So we did. Took a statement, and again, I'm, I'm going to open up next week's episode with that because it's long, and I want you to hear um, the investigative techniques, if you will. And so we took him back to the jail, booked him in, and went home and and we got, I'm like, dude, I got to go home and get a, just a little nap, change of clothes. And he was, he was the same way. We were exhausted. And, and, but we had to be back at the sheriff's office for eight o'clock. And then by this time, I mean, it's like six o'clock in the morning. So I haul ass back to Watson, jump into bed, you know, set my uh, alarm for like an hour and a half and get up tired as fuck, but running on adrenaline, take a shower 
put on back on a, you know, back then we, we wore, um, every day we wore a tie, button down shirt, tie. And if you, a, a jacket, if you were going to be on the news or, or if you were going to court or whatever, you know, in slacks. So, uh, and we, we had to go back in because every, you know, this, this case is still rolling right now. We've got to build the evidence beyond what the, the living victim said and get Mo still in the wind. Right. And we had to brief the powers that be. Now the chief of the detectives, the chief, the number two in the sheriff's office was my mentor, Kearney Foster. And Mr. Kearney, like Murphy Martin, he knew everybody. Okay. Everybody best damn investigator in the world and he was a no-nonsense guy and i told you before and i'll tell you again people were scared to death of him i wasn't scared of him uh i respected the shit out of him and and he chewed my ass on so many occasions but he taught me so much more than than he ever chewed me out um anyway he's he, rest in peace mr kearney rest in peace Murphy Martin, uh, um, both are deceased now, and but just great guys who gave their life lives to serving the public. So we go back to the courthouse. First thing, Kearney had already called. I want y'all in my office. So we go, and it was uh, Mister Kearney sitting behind his desk and his chair leaning back a little bit, steepling his fingers up, and he had that crooked finger. But and he, he's sitting there and stands sitting off to the side, and he's like, "All right, boys, where y'all at?" And so we told him, and you know, and uh, everything all the way up until the the interrogation of Darrell uh, Marshall. And Kearney said, "When we got done, but Brian Paul was talking, and when he got done, and I'll never forget this, and you can ask Brian Paul today." Kearney said, "So what do you think?" about Jarrell Marshall. And now Kearney knows this boy's family and, and the, you know, he's arrested some of them and he knows her parents and all that. And he said, what do you think? And Brian Paul said, he said, Mr. Kearney, I'm going to be honest with you. He said, it looks bad for him, right? Miss Cynthia saying that, um, She's seen him with Mo and all that, and, and the victim picking him out of the photo lineup. He said, well, I'm going to be honest with you. He said, I don't think that he was he was there. And Kearney looked at me, and he said, what do you think? And I said, I said, Mr. Kearney, he was absolutely there. And I said, what I think is you can't, get tired of disbelieving someone it um and and let your human emotions take over and you feel empathy for them and whatever and you want to start believing them against that goes contrary to the evidence right and i said but you know what i respect the shit out of brian paul's opinion and he may be totally right i said but i'm going off of the my gut and you know, we're going to continue to work the case. And, and look, Brian Paul and I 
mad history still do to this day right and, and i respect the shit out of me he's one of the best detectives i ever worked with is certainly probably one of the best law enforcement professionals uh ever but everybody gets it wrong sometimes right or everybody has a little doubt in in the but I, I, i'll never forget that meeting in the attorney's office and then i just told him i said you know fuck it we're gonna work the case but you can't start believing someone just because you get tired of disbelieving them and Kearney said and then you know his old gruff way i'm like get out of my office and go do go you you know go do your jobs that's how he was right uh, um basically putting his foot up our ass and, and he knew we were tired he knew we had a ton of work to do and this story is just getting started y'all just wait just wait to hear what all's coming okay and i don't know how long it's going to go but it's a good one and it gets better as it goes along so that being said i'm going to conclude this week's episode and next week i'll pick it right back up with the interrogation transcripts okay and again on this case i have so much more information i've ever had on any podcast i've done before and this is one of the truest old school Woody Oakland stories you'll ever hear. All right. So LOPA, Louisiana Organ Procurement Agency. You know, it's my jam, people. The They're saving lives every day. It's a nonprofit. Uh, I have stories. And one day when I get time, it, the, I'll have Miss Lori Steele on um, with some people who are recipients of organ transplants that are alive because other people gave their life. But the, not their life, I mean, they were going to die anyway, but they gave their organs, donated their organs so these other people could live. So if you want to be an organ donor and you you don't have to be from Louisiana, you could be, if you're a lifer from Saskatchewan, Canada, I think that's where Saskatchewan is. I really don't know. But if, if you're from Saskatchewan and you want to be an organ donor, and you have internet service, go to lopa.org, fill out the form, be a hero, give the gift of life. And I'm Woody Overton, you host a real life, real crime, the podcast. And until next time or ever, don't let me catch you down on murder by you. Peace. Real life, real crime is a true crime podcast brought to you by your host, Woody Overton, executive producer, Jim Chapman with Envision Podcast Studios. Your music is provided by Chase Tyler and the Chase Tyler Band. Follow me on Instagram at Real Life Real Crime or at Overton Woody. Check out our numerous social media pages. Also, go to the App Store and download our free Real Life Real Crime community app, which contains all things Real Life Real Crime and True Crime and uncensored and run by me. Wherever you listen to a podcast, go like, subscribe, and review to Real Life Real Crime or my other podcast, Scorch Justice. Thank you. Yeah, the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. You have a right to an attorney prior to or during any question. If 
you can't afford one, the court will want one for you. Do you understand your rights? Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.